0: Welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lily, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything book-related. This week's topic is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So, like, obviously spoilers for, like, the whole book. Um, Yeah, if you
1: think, like, if if you came into this episode expecting it to be spoiler-free, honestly, like, you know, that's just silly, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're like going to spoil the whole thing. So. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so
0: you just yes. finished it like an hour ago or something, right?
1: Something like that. People, if you're if you're new here, you should know now that whenever we like 90% of the time we do a podcast episode about a book that like we've read like a review. Um It's probably being recorded, like, as soon as I've I've just finished that book. Like, Lily's always already read the books and I'm just, like, trying to catch up. And I just end up finishing them, like, an hour before we record the podcast because just, like, anything that has a deadline, I always do it last minute. And so, yeah, I finished the book about, like, an hour ago and it was a great read. But I also think it's so fun and fresh because it's, like, fresh in my mind. But you have had some time to, like, simmer on it. And so it's, like, that's two true. different perspectives almost. Because Well,
0: because I think yeah. especially for this book, that's a good thing to have because I had very different thoughts about this book when I finished it versus now. Like, my thoughts have changed a lot. I'll get into it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I ha- I honestly haven't thought about it very much at all. I've just kind of been like, that was a fun read. So we'll mm-hmm. see how this goes. <laughs> because I don't have any, like, really in-depth analysis like when we did the infernal devices podcast i think that was like one of the exceptions where we had both already read that for a long time so we were both bringing a lot to the
0: conversation
1: um i feel um
0: but i feel like what always happens with you is you're like i have no thoughts and then as soon as i mention like one thing you're like i have so many thoughts on that (laughs) Like that's hey, what always happens. But isn't that a great thing though that we are
1: doing a podcast episode? You want Yeah, thoughts? no, no.
0: I am saying it's a good thing. I'm just, I'm just saying that's usually what happens. Yes, you know, very well. Okay. So, what would you rate it out of five?
1: I did a little Goodreads review and I gave it five stars. Mm, um, I saw that it has a really good Goodreads review, and I was like, mm-hmm. it's nice to finally see a high Goodreads review for a book that actually deserves it, instead of like city of bones (laughs) yeah because like goodreads is so hard because sometimes it's like popularity gets in the way of like an honest review I feel Mm, true yeah because just so many people like love the book it kind of outnumbers it's just a lot of people being like look it wasn't great but I just like am a huge fan of this author so I'm gonna give them five stars anyway yeah a lot of that but this was this is an interesting read because like Taylor Jenkins Reid, this is the first book of hers that I ever heard of, and it's kind of popped off, so it's, like, I feel like everyone's quite honest about their reviews in this, because it's also a standalone, so it's not like it's a part of a series where even if the plot isn't necessarily good, like, you'll still love the characters a lot and be like, oh, but, like, I love this series, like, I feel like that's how people generally are at the moment with, like, a lot of book talk series, that's how it is, where, I mean, you can just look at so many book talk series, I'm not going to name and shame, but it, it'll be, like, they're definitely rating it five stars, not because of the plot, but because of the characters. As with yeah. this, thing is, like, you kind of have no reason not to be honest with your review, I feel like. So it's kind of interesting, and it makes it that much more, like, commendable that it has such high reviews, and rightfully so. It's a great book.
0: Yeah. Um... So, it's, I don't even know where to start with this one. There's, like, so many. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's so many things to go with. Um, there's actually discussion questions in the back of my book.
0: I'm I know, but the discussion questions. questions aren't good. I've read them.
1: are they? Aren't they? Oh, I don't know. I was really counting on those. Let's talk, well. about, let's talk about the women love women representation first. Like, mm. a, a, yeah, because this is the first book that I've, I've ever read that has good proud lesbian love like I was thinking about it the other day lesbian love it's like always like a side story in YA and it's so sad (laughs) yeah
0: it is all the time
1: and even then it's like great representation like it's not it's like a side story to the side story like it'll always be like a gentle handhold like a scandalous handhold and I'm like the homophobia in here is astronomical but if it's like a gay like couple like I feel like I've talked about this before maybe not but I always find it so interesting that as time goes on I it definitely seems like um men like who are gay are a lot more respected than women who are lesbians and I'm like it's interesting yeah. that misogyny kind of overrules homophobia. Like, I'm like, wow, misogyny is that powerful? Because I, I don't know. I just... I always I always thought, like, growing up, that, like, discrimination was discrimination. And there were, like, not varying levels of it. Like, one form of discrimination was, like, you know, more powerful than another one. But yeah. it's always so interesting because I think you see it all the time where it's like, <laughs> you know... you. Even just like these, we live in a world where people literally get on the internet and say, like, I don't know what it was about One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, but it just wasn't as good as Red, White and Royal Blue. And it's like, yeah. I get it, but I, I was attracted to the gay guys. Like, I wasn't, you know, the gay guys were just like, it, it made more sense or whatever. Because people are just weird like that. And so reading this book, I was so... Uh, pleasant uh it was so refreshing i guess i want to say and i and think it was great because they weren't just like token lesbians like they were both so complex and there were moments where i was angry at this couple like but you
0: still love them you know like
1: nice, <laughs> yeah exactly
0: like they had their ups and downs it wasn't just like it was oh, realistic like, 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 like it was realistic yes. for like because obviously their relationship was never like their relationship was stemming out of, like, so much, like, they had to deal with so much that, like, they, like, even if they said it wasn't going to affect their relationship, you know, having to live the way that they lived, it did affect their relationship, right? And so, like, it being so messy, I think, was a very realistic part of that.
1: Exactly. And they were both, like, very, it wasn't, I really respected that like Taylor Jenkins Reid she didn't go the route of like well I'm just gonna make all the uh, all of the relationships with men look really awkward and bad for Evelyn and then like the one with Celia look really beautiful and great like they all had their flaws and I like in fact Evelyn even makes it clear like when Monique is interviewing her a lot where it's like don't get it twisted, like, I like men, like, I am bisexual like, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I feel like that's often sometimes completely uh, it, it would have been the cliche thing to do in this day and age, like, with the shitty representation that lesbians have, it's like, if especially if the character's bisexual there's still that stigma mm-hmm. of like oh, but if they're with, like if they're with the same sex person then they're basically gay. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. And so I like how yeah. like the author was very self the author was very self aware of a lot of issues in this book and her writing and that was like so cool. Even like yeah, so there was like L LGBTQ plus rights and then there was also I think like uh misogyny were the two biggest kind of social issues explored in the book.
0: Um, yeah, for
1: sure yeah and they definitely played a much bigger role in the story than i thought they were going to mm-hmm. but then it's like when i think about it i'm like it makes so much sense because Evelyn, yeah. yeah evelyn literally is a bisexual woman in the 1950s if you know it'd be silly to think that be those, that those issues be the weren't man. going exactly that those wouldn't be obstacles that we would come across sooner or later
0: yeah and there's so many things um, um based on your yeah. snapchats that you sent yeah. me you did look like you were crying in some of them so what what made I you cried cry a lot. what made you cry? see i never cried once while i read this
1: oh that's full weird of, no i cried a lot i teared up a lot it. like <laughs> and even okay so i, te- I think altogether there's be five times okay so okay. but i teared up twice but I actually physically, like, tears came out of my face, like, five, like, three times, and it was, you know. Okay. Whatever. It, number one, I teed up when um, Evelyn was told Monique for the first time that she was bisexual, because mm-hmm. you could tell that that was, like, it was so crazy to me that even, like, at 80 years old, where wait, she lived wait, a wait, full. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Sorry, I misheard you. Were you saying that this is the times you teared up, or the times you cried? Teared up. Teared up. Teared up. Okay, we're on teared up. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I'm going in chronological. order. I'm just, so I'm just up. clarifying.
0: Yes. Go okay. on. Okay.
1: Thank you. I'm going <laughs> okay. So, I teared up when Evelyn came out as bisexual. Or she didn't really. She didn't really come out for the first time, but like to Monique she did. But it was so Aww. powerful, and you could tell it was such a difficult thing for her because. She was. It was the first mm-hmm. time she was kind of going on the public record about it, and I think that mm-hmm. that was so, like, oh, and y- the way that it was written, you could really tell that for Evelyn as a character, that was a really difficult thing for her to do. And I'm like, it's so crazy that even looking back at that moment, as like after reading the book, honestly, hits different because I'm like, even after she had this mm-hmm. full life where like she she ha- was 100% certain her her love was a woman, she still has like social normatives like. Holding her back with feeling fully comfortable yeah. with the idea that she was bisexual, and that had me tearing. So that had me tearing up. And then second time I teared up, uh, it also was the second time that like sadness was in the book, I guess a little bit. Mm. But it wasn't even sadness. It was just more like uh, it was actually I teared up just because I was so I, I can't remember actually exactly what it was, but um there's something to do with just like Celia and Evelyn finally being together mm-hmm. I think that makes sense and I was like oh they're so cute and then I cried um hi. oh so I cried obviously we're just gonna head straight into it like if you haven't read the whole thing get out of here um I cried when Harry died and tears <laughs> his... <laughs> but you're telling me you didn't cry when Harry died
0: I'll, I'll go into me, me after, you just keep oh, going You're
1: one of those bitches that's like, well I knew he was gonna die so No,
0: I didn't, I didn't even have those thoughts, I'll, you just go on, okay.
1: okay? Okay, and then I cried, so I cried when Harry died and then it was even sadder because I was so sad about Harry dying that I completely forgot that Connor died <laughs> like, and I forgot that that's the whole like first page is yeah. being like announces that oh she's doing the auction for breast cancer you know and it's speculated because her daughter died of breast cancer too but I just completely forgot about it and I was like it just happened so suddenly that I was like and the way that it was so offhandedly mentioned I was like no mm. and then Monique, uh, not Monique <laughs> um, and then like the scene where Evelyn um, is basically saying you know having to watch her daughter die on and like be by her bedside and then i also died oh died i also cried when um um celia died so just when everybody died i cried because yeah you were not having a good time it was just so sad i felt so bad for evelyn i mean yeah and it, especially Evelyn and Celia's ending it was rough because it was like they just didn't have enough time like they deserved more time you know
0: yeah it's it's that right person not enough time so of Delia they literally are right person wrong time embodied like <laughs> yeah well for me I like I never so I never cried when I when I read this and like I think like my brain just like skipped past that reaction for some reason and just went to feeling like completely hollow when all that stuff happens like, oh. I just, like I was just like well this is just what a pit of despair feels like I guess like I mean there's just nothing more I can do
1: oh wow I was just, so, I don't can be duck, dude. so
0: don't get me wrong so don't get me wrong that was very I upset but like right. I was just like I feel like I was just like so sad that I like didn't know what to do with myself and I was just like, Well, I just going to sit here and stare into the abyss and not know what to do with my life now.
1: <laughs> no, it was just something emotional though, <laughs> because I was just like as soon as so this book was so I I wouldn't even say it was fast paced, but it was just so well written that every, like every single Everything. time every single time. Something was always going on. That's what I should say. So mm-hmm. it's like, I see, this person's main character is literally dying and then like, you're crying, but then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, sh- sh- shit, Like someone else is dying. I don't have time to keep grieving over them. Like i got to move on. And then after that, it's like, oh, and now everyone's revealing why she only wanted Monique to interview her. So we don't have time uh. to, to dwell on that anymore. And then even in the beginning of the book, when you really weren't learning anything, she still made it feel like you were learning a lot and I mean in hindsight you were because of domino effect and whatever but like even something as simple as like when there if there even wasn't a chapter where a lot happened you'd get to the end of the chapter and there would be a line of like if only I knew that I would like grow to hate Evelyn's guts or something like that
0: (laughs) yeah um but did you see it coming like the reason why she wanted Monique to interview No her. I
1: didn't see Monique <laughs> at all and I was so angry at myself because I was like yeah Olivia you should have seen it like it was right there and mm-hmm. I don't know I had a weird experience reading this book um I kind of just accepted that I wasn't gonna look for anything because I knew that overthinking this read would ultimately ruin the experience because like if you know stuff already yeah. and, like, I feel it like would it would it. be such a Yeah, I feel like it would ruin the reading experience so much, like, it really would, like, the shock factor is, and the suspense is really what keeps you, like, turning the pages of what I feel, and so if you know, like, even something simple is, well, well, not really as simple, but if you know, like, even why Monique uh, was chosen, it's like, it makes things less exciting, Mm -hmm. I feel, um, anyway so I just decided not to overthink it and honestly I'm glad I didn't I enjoyed the ride I was like Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah yeah I was kind of the same way like and but it was really interesting I have another friend who's reading this book right now and she asked me she was like is there like a lot of foreshadowing to like the reason like the reasoning and I was like well I wouldn't even say there's foreshadowing but it makes sense you know, like yeah, there's not really like it, but in when you hear it, you're like, Oh,
1: okay, because it's such a like nonchalant storyline that it's like
0: mm-hmm. honestly, well, it's really, like, I it's th- really interesting because you hear about the reasoning as Evelyn tells the story, so you, like, you read that moment from like Evelyn's point of view, and then you kind of listen to monique's reaction to finding out that that's the reason so you kind of get it from yeah, two yeah. different perspectives right
1: yeah i totally agree i thought it was really interesting because the first time that we hear about monique's dad unknowingly is like obviously monique's dad is harry's like love interest but oh. it's like so sad because he's like i think i can like fall in love again this is so crazy and i'm like oh god harry um and then obviously like the, car, the tree trunks on the car and they're both like you know pretty much dead and then evelyn still thinks that harry has a chance of surviving and doesn't want and if he lives you know harry will go to jail for drink driving and so she you know takes harry away but leaves um monique's dad and it's like not obviously as
0: well not, not only leaves him there but takes his dead body and puts it in the driver's seat like
1: in the driver's seat and completely tarnishes his reputation too because it was like monique that was something that monique struggled with for decades we Uh learned too which was really rough but like when you're reading it from evelyn's POV and you don't know it's monique's dad you're like oh well that's completely understandable (laughs) like i don't know i don't know if it's completely understandable but it's like you don't have sympathy as much
0: for the the partner because you don't know who it is um well, and also but like they, you look you look yeah. at evelyn in that moment who's just like so desperate like it's like you know it's hard to blame her for what she did because it's like everyone wants to judge her but like if that was like you know you think that he's like the other guy's already dead right exactly and like hair like you know it's it's hard because like
1: philosophical dilemma yeah yeah Yeah. moral dilemma but and I think that's another thing that's so interesting like everyone says multiple times throughout telling the story and honestly I think that counts as foreshadowing the amount of times that everyone says to Monique abruptly like I want to make it clear I don't regret anything that I did like I would do Mm -hmm. it all again in a heartbeat and I honestly think like that was foreshadowing in moments where You know, it felt like every time she was saying that, she was saying that more about Monique's dad to Monique than anything else, like, even when it wasn't about that. Like, you, I personally, I remember, like, whenever she started talking about, like, I want to make it clear, like, I don't regret anything that I did, I would do it again. Like, I always felt like that had a bigger meaning, and in my opinion, it seemed like it did. I think that was the bigger meaning, to be like... I don't regret it, FYI, just so we're clear. But, like, you know, I did... I did, like, take your dad's dead body and move him to the driver's seat to protect my best friend, (laughs) like
0: Were, like, were you satisfied with that version of the ending? Like, were you satisfied with that being the reasoning?
1: I was, yeah, I think, like it it was very creative very, um, yeah not cliche, like... That's a, ex- yeah,
0: it's exactly it. yeah. Like, because,
1: you like The cliche you know, thing would have been, like, I'm your long-lost daughter or something like that. Yeah. And you're just like, Come Oh, on. For sure. <laughs>
0: All Right, that's yeah. like... That was, like, my first instinct. I'm like, I swear to God, she better not. <laughs> yeah. Um Me too. Like,
1: I was like, watch Monique V, her, her flippin' long-lost daughter. But I'm like,
0: yeah. yeah, so I really, like... I really thought that it was cool. Like, I was... I really don't think that like you know there's some pawns. it's like how did you not figure that out and like this one's one that I think it's valid if you didn't because it's it's kind of kind of out there a little bit it's like least it's expected. not expected. You don't expect that. Especially because she the author really puts it right out there and just tells that if it's it's a part of the story and doesn't say a word about it, you know. Hmm. And then it's just like yeah, yeah but that's what happened. Yeah, there's no
1: way of guessing it. Like yeah, there There's really isn't. There's no way of guessing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so which is super very cool. cool. It's very yeah. cool. Uh, um, for
0: sure. But, like, kind of moving on to, like, the characters, like, Celia and Evelyn, I feel like I have interesting opinions, and I think that based on your Snapchats, you agree with me here, is... Mm i think celia and evelyn are both like fantastic characters both in the way they're like written and just like them as characters in general um but i think that it's very interesting because everyone always talks about how celia deserved better than evelyn but i think that they were both like equally shitty to I each other i really
1: disagree yeah I didn't. I think they're both equally shitty to each other. Like one of my, I think I know what you're referring to. One of my reactions, I did a little. When I react to books, I take Snapchat photos and of my reactions and then keep them for myself and then also send send them to whoever wants to join in on the ride, which is usually Lily. Um. (laughs) So one of my Snapchats was okay, unpopular opinion, but I don't actually like Celia and. Uh yeah I think like it's very no like I, I stand by it like Evelyn was not better than Celia was not better than Evelyn and Evelyn no. was not better in Celia like they were both pretty pretty equal in terms of they bad like I agree no, I and think... then yeah and like, like... Celia's resentment towards Evelyn's like attraction to the male gender was so effed like I was like (laughs) yeah
0: and then it's like I don't know like both of them like did things to each other that like should never have been done or said things that should have never been said but like I think that that's what made them such interesting characters and their relationship so interesting was cause they, they seemed so real because of all their flaws you know Mm. like yeah no I agree I think
1: but that's what I was kind of getting at earlier where I was like I respect them more as a couple even though that they're uh flawed because I'm like I'm just I would have had less respect for the couple if it was like oh we're just so perfect in every way because it, it made it more um not entertaining but more like more emotional to watch when they would like constantly screw over but i what i found so fascinating about them is no matter how many times they would grow apart they always found their way back to each other and i thought that was really endearing and sweet and Mm -hmm. this is why i think like a big reason that they were a human or fictional embodiment of right person wrong time trope is because i genuinely think that if they lived like now like they probably wouldn't have had as many issues like it wouldn't have because so many of their issues derived from like internalized like homophobia that they felt towards each other right like they were they were very Uh insecure about their sexualities and it made it very easy to clash on that front when they just wanted to they if in honesty like they just wanted to love each other that's all they really wanted but it was things kept getting in the way like the first reason that Celia leaves Evelyn for the first time is she sleeps with that husband, I forget his name, I forget oh, the husband's name, but um, she sleeps with the husband in Vegas Mick, Mick yeah I think it was Mick because they're yep. trying to get the tabloids to stop thinking that they're lesbians because they said like it was still, in, they were living in a time where they said some of the things that happened is they go to prison, they go to mental institutions still for mm-hmm. if you're even rumoured to be caught, you know, to be caught loving someone of the same sex and so it was very high stakes and uh-huh. these two people were hollywood icons like the cameras were following them everywhere like it was hard to hide probably like it's like if they're gonna get caught if people are catching onto them like they're going to get caught and so when evelyn's like yeah i'm gonna get the tabloids off of us and she goes and um marries this guy in Vegas and then obviously to make it believable and so the guy she marries in Vegas doesn't you know spread the word or whatever potentially um she had she sleeps with him and it was written from Evelyn's POV as a real sacrifice I mean she cried she didn't like it but then when she came back Celia's like well we didn't you cheated on me we didn't agree that you were gonna sleep with me and so it's like that happened because of the time that they were in and because of like Homophobia, and so I'm like, arguably, and so yeah. it's just like it's such an in, uh, it's such a almost painful couple to read about because I'm like, it's so obvious that you two just really all you want to do is be together, but so many other factors are stopping you, and it's so annoying. Yeah, for sure, they really like each other. <laughs> I'm just like, why well, can't love prevail? <laughs>
0: Yeah, what was, like, I don't know, I think that, like, it's a very, like, common, like, oh, I, actually, I'll just ask you, like, kind of, like, what was, like, your favorite, like, part of the book? Like, what, what part did you I was like? gonna ask you this question, I was gonna be
1: like, who was your favorite um, husband, but not, like, favorite husband, but, like, favorite part slash husband, uh, you know? I was gonna ask you that. we will uh, both answer that? I think my favorite part was, um... Mm-hmm. the one before harry actually i think was the one i found the most kind of oh. entertaining Ma- max i don't know i'm trying to remember oh. i'm flicking through now um to uh no that's harry sorry i find it so ironic that Oh, Rex North, that was his name Clever oh, he, Rex North. he
0: He was the one who did the
1: movies, right? He was the producer Yeah, I remember yeah. That was just really I and remember, sang- I can't
0: Yeah, sorry, you go He was the one who did her movie Where she like came out of the water, right? Yeah like, But um, her, Kind of put it back like, on the map
1: Yeah Um. No, this was different Different. This was the one where she did the movie with Don, I'm pretty sure.
0: No, that one was until later. Oh. No. That happened well, well, when she Well, I was think made. he did
1: direct... He was a director, and I think he did direct that movie, but it was in another part. Like, he directed a lot yeah. of movies, and then they came back, and then they married, yeah. like, uh, when they did another movie. It was in the, the movie... Yeah. Um, the French one. But The French one, yes. And so... Um, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what happened in the part. They all kind of blurred together, honestly. But I just remember being like, oh, that was like, I just remember reading and I was like, oh, this is juicy. Like, this has gone good. And then when it got to Harry, yeah. I think, I think, um, you know what it is? I think Harry, Harry's part is when things start going downhill for Evelyn. And so, yeah. I, like, I liked the one before, because she really reached her peak. I think she wins, like, she, it's kind of the final time she comes back to Hollywood and makes a resurgence. Because she does again after she's had, like, a child and had Connor and everything, and she gets, like, an Oscar too. But Mm -hmm. all of those things come at a a cost that she ends up saying she, like, she ends up saying, like, I didn't, the Oscar I got for that movie wasn't worth it because I ended up losing Celia over like the amount of hours I was working instead of spending time Mm -hmm. with her and that was such a that storyline it was so interesting but sad because it's such a relatable one that I think a lot of mothers feel probably it's like that dilemma of okay like I want to be so much more than a stay-at-home mom and then it's like they go to work but it's like they can't for whatever reason (laughs) it always seems to cover a sacrifice to their personal life. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that thing where um, uh, it's like men go off to work, they le- they're like heroes. If a woman goes to work, she's like abandoning her family. And so it was an interesting thing to read about. But like the, that was all in Harry Cameron's part, I think. But the part before yeah. it, it was really like she was on the climb again and it was nice to see her finally. It was empowering because... She was like, I'm Mm -hmm. back, baby, and, like, I'm better than ever, and so I liked it. What about you? Yeah.
0: Um, I liked certain parts of Harry's part, um, obviously I loved when they had, like, their arrangement, where it's, like, everyone kind of got to be happy a little bit, um, yeah when
1: they had that weird family dynamic going on mm -hmm. that weird double marriage that was so interesting yeah and
0: I did I did really like like getting to see like Harry and Evelyn be parents together I thought that that was like really cute because like I think that they were both just like really happy but it was like a different kind of happiness because like they'd focus both of them so much on like the film industry and stuff but it was like almost like a different kind of like almost more relatable thing where it's like oh my god I'm so tired I'm so sleep depressed like what the hell and they were kind of like I don't know so that was kind of cute like obviously I didn't want the whole book to be that but it was it was a cute little section Mm. um but then like like you said like there was kind of that looming presence of like things were starting to go wrong at that part as well (laughs) yeah Um, exactly yeah they I did love that brief moment where they were all having a good time. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, I agree. It was the calm before the storm. Like Harry, Harry's part was just chaos because it was like they uh, one they start off and it's like she's got a kid and she's with Celia and and, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. Harry's with John and then John just dies like in the middle of it, like so abruptly, and yeah. it just everything from there is downhill. It's just like, oof and it's honestly hard to read about because i'm like oh these are um character because i grew to really like evelyn so like watching yeah. her not get what she wanted was like really rough but um it's really interesting because like the tabloids the the little reports that would happen sporadically in the chapters of being like this just in like evelyn's married again whatever um yeah it was really interesting because you'd kind of be like having everything through evelyn's perspective but then it's like it was almost harder to read when she failed because then you kind of would forget or i would forget that she was like this big celebrity and then like you would see like in the she'd be on the cover of a paper being labeled like a nut job and a loose cannon Mm -hmm. for just like simply being normal and like even even when she won her Oscar, like, that's when um, they go to, like, a burger place. And I think that's when Max, I think, comes in or something. Yeah. Goes to the burger place and she just wants to get a burger with this guy that she's, like, semi into. And everyone crowds her at this burger place like she can't leave because everyone's asking her to sign stuff. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, oh, my God, like it was just it would be things like that where I'm like hitting rock bottom, but then hitting rock bottom as like the most famous person in the world is so rough. Yeah. And it's hard to watch someone that like even if it's fictional, I find it difficult to watch someone that you care about, like go go through it. And then, yeah, even when she was at like her grave uh, when they were burying Celia, like for Mm -hmm. example, And then she goes and, like, cries at Harry's tombstone because she's just so sad and alone. And they're literally at Celia's funeral, but the paparazzi only take a photo of her, like, crying in front of Harry's and then being like, Mm. oh, she's just devastated over her true love, Harry. It was, like, stuff like that that would really grate grate me the wrong way. I'm like, oh, no. So, yeah, it was Um. really hard.
0: What were your thoughts on kind of, like, I guess, like, Celia and Evelyn's, like, kind of, like, final breakup, I guess? Like, because, you know, everything was going well, and, like, you know, they had that weird double marriage, and then kind of before they came together for the last time, they broke up because of the movie that she did with Dawn and the scenes she filmed. Yeah,
1: that was another thing, too, where I was, like, I didn't like that either. Like, I thought Celia was being a little bit unreasonable there. Well, not unreasonable, but I was, like... You're an actress, this yeah, like you're an actor too, Celia. Like you it's yeah. very like I thought if that problem was gonna come from anyone, it pro it wouldn't it didn't make sense for it to come from the other actress, you know? <laughs> and I while think... I did get this this situation was weird, I just yeah. I felt like it was just I think not...
0: that it was... I think that it was just like so like it was hard because I had a really hard time reading that because I was like, Jesus Christ, you guys, this book is wrapping up and I know it doesn't have a happy ending. So you can't possibly have that much time left to get this and get your fucking shit together. And I, like, oh my God. I was, God. So, pissed. I was so, so pissed. I was just so pissed. I was like, you guys have wasted enough fucking time and now you're going to pull this shit on me. Like, don't do it. Don't. Don't. <laughs> then they did it. But, it. It. <laughs> but then I did, as much as I hated them <laughs> pulling the same shit again, um, I did semi-understand Celia because, like, even though, like, yes, like, she is an actor as well. And, like, I really don't think that her issue was that Evelyn, like, did the scene. I think her issue was that she never told her about it. And I think Evelyn yeah. knew that. Evelyn knew that too, because she regretted it as soon as she did it. That, I disagree
1: <laughs> with that though, because Evelyn, t- Evelyn asked. Oh, but she can asked I do her. This a- scene? But
0: she asked her after she did it, and she yeah, did say but no. Celia
1: didn't know that, so
0: and she said no.
1: But then I don't she know. She said no before she could even have an issue with her not telling her though.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah. but I think that like. In, because I think otherwise it would have just kind of been like a fight that they had if that makes sense like if she hadn't done it yet and she said no and then Evelyn got upset was like what do you mean no I can't do it like I don't think they would have broken up over it if that makes sense and then I feel like maybe it could have gone differently and then because Celia like in the future did come around and was like I've I've realized what you're trying to trying to do and then I think that if Evelyn I don't know I really can't say what would have happened but I think because Celia did end up coming around and being like I do understand what you were doing but I think that Evelyn really couldn't explain what she was trying to do because she's like can I do it and then she was like no I don't think so and then she's like well I did it and so they never actually really had a discussion about it that was that in depth because it was just like what do you mean you already did it like <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so like I think that it was just like I don't know, it was very interesting, because I understand why Evelyn wanted to do the scene. But also, I feel like if you're working with, like, not just an ex, but, like, someone you were married to. And, like, obviously Celia has a lot of... I'm not saying it was right, necessarily, but, like, Celia did have a lot of insecurity in the relationship, and Evelyn did know that. And I think that that's where a lot of that, like, big issue did stem from, right? It's because of her insecurity that she already had that, like, you know, Mm. Evelyn was just going to leave her, right, for a a Yeah,
1: yeah. Ultimately, I felt towards that conflict, I was like, okay, I think that the reasoning wasn't great, and especially because, like... For me, I thought it was a pretty weak reason for them to not to talk. Not for like only a couple years, but it was like decades that they didn't reunite. Like that was Mm -hmm. the most frustrating thing. They would never talk to each other after they would break up, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like, can you guys like? And then it wasn't until they started sending letters to each other like a decade later or something like that. And personally, I didn't feel like it was a good reason to not talk for like a decade. But Mm -hmm. I more saw it as, like, she just needed a, like, Taylor Jenkins Jenkins Reed needed a reason because then it made it that much more powerful when they ultimately finally got their shit together and only had, like, 10 years um, Mm -hmm. altogether, like, at the end of their lives. So, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. I personally didn't think much of it because I was just like, I don't. Uh, clearly, this is here for a bigger reason, and I think it was personally.
0: Yeah, I think it was definitely one of those things that would like because, like, to us, it kind of seems stupid. You're like, why are you guys fighting over this? Like, it's not that you know, like, I guess, like, it Yeah, but if you were
1: living fixed. as a, it would be messy. Like, you'd be like, oh, this it is would a bit be awkward. Messy.
0: And then, especially, like, because I feel like deep down, like, Celia's issues with Evelyn being bisexual stemmed from the fact that, like, I think she was worried that because, you know, being in like, you know being in a relationship with a woman at the time was obviously very difficult and I think she was just so insecure that or that Evelyn was going to realize that it's just too difficult to be in a relationship with a woman, so I'm just going to be in room with a man, so I don't have to worry about all this. Yeah, for sure. Which is why that I think that she means... ha- had an issue with her being like attracted to men was because she was like, well, she could just take the easy way out and live a peaceful yeah. life and not be still happy. Right. And it was
1: definitely implanted into her because like, the first time they broke up Evelyn literally says, like, it's a lot harder for you than it is for me. Like, I can still find a man. I can be happy with a man. Like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. so, yeah, it's not surprising that she became insecure about that. Um, I want to ask, do you think that Celia ever had, like, another lover in between her times with Evelyn that we read about in the book? And if so, like, who?
0: Oh, like do you mean like do I think like with another character that we know or just in general?
1: Like no, like that we know another character. Do you think it's in the book that like um, it's insinuated well, that Celia had another romance with somebody
0: that we just It didn't? does. It does say that cuz when they got back together at the end of the book after she when had been with husband number 6, she when Evelyn told her about Evelyn's husband number 6. She did ask Celia if she had been with anyone else and, you know, had feelings for them. And there was, like, she did say yes. There was somebody else.
1: I think it was Joan Marker because I remember there was a news article. um, And I I have it here in front of me, actually. There was this news article and it was say and it's called celia st james and joan marker best of friends and i just all i could think reading it was like that's exactly what they were calling evelyn and celia like best pals and so when i read it but it's like interesting because it never got confirmed that like joan marker and celia did actually like like celia never said oh joan and i had a thing or whatever But it's just Mm -hmm. like silly St. James and Hollywood newcomer Joan Marker have become the talk of the town lately, and then it's like, yeah, just being like, oh, best best of friends, and history will call them best friends, like, and so yeah,
0: yeah. that's true. I didn't really like like, all I knew was that you know she did have like another, there was someone else besides Evelyn, but um, Mm. I didn't know like, I never really thought about like who it could be. Um, yeah. oh, but I want to tell you something now that you've finished it. So, mm-hmm. do you remember when I started the book and I had Snapchatted you right when I first started and I was like, I was flipping to see how many pages the book had and I just got something, the whole thing spoiled for me. Oh. And then I sent it back to you and I was like, wait, never mind, LOL. <laughs> do you remember that?
1: Uh, I do now, but I forgot about
0: it before. Yeah. Okay, so basically when I started this book, I was, like, flipping through to, like, see how many pages the book has, as one does, and it was one of the news articles from the very end, and the headline, it just, like, caught my eye, and I just, like, read it, like, I wasn't trying to read it, but, like, my eyes processed the information as I was flipping, and I was like, oh, fuck me, like, are you serious, like, this whole thing's just been ruined, It's so I snatched Olivia, and I was like, ah, this, this book's been ruined for me, I don't even know if I should read it now, like, or, like, I knew I wanted to read it still, but, like, I didn't know if I wanted to read it, like, right then, right then and there. Mm. but then I ultimately decided to and I read about you know 20 pages or so and I was like never mind it has not been spoiled for me um because like the, the headline that I saw it was the big like bold letters and it's like Evelyn Hugo has died that's like what I saw before I oh um, the- <laughs> yeah Before I started it, and then I read like 20 pages, and she's like, Yeah, you can sell my work after I'm dead. Like, I'm you know, I was like, Oh, so this whole story is clearly leading up to her dying. That makes sense,
1: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But that's the funny thing about this book like, things that are usually big plot twists in other books are just like nonchalantly like, Oh, yeah, and FYI, like, this person's dead before we even get into anything, (laughs) yeah.
0: So that's like what I saw and I was like very upset by it. <laughs> Um I actually do wanna do yeah,
1: no I totally agree. I actually do wanna do some I don't know if you have different discussion questions for me, but these seem fun. The ones in okay. my book. Okay. So number one is did you trust Evelyn to be a reliable narrator as you were reading? Why or why not? Did your opinion on this change at all by the conclusion? If so, why? This is an interesting question because I never even thought everyone totally could've lied. Like (laughs) everyone totally could've like made shit up and that we just would never know. And so and especially Um, reading the book, like we realised that like she did shit out of her own best interest. So it's totally possible that she just bent some truths or whatever.
0: I'm sure that some parts of the story were Bent truths, but overall, I do think she was a reliable narrator because she did tell a lot of parts of that story that she wasn't necessarily proud of. Mm. And I think that if she was trying to make herself look a certain way, there were certain things that she wouldn't have shared.
1: Yeah. Do you think there were any aspects of her life that she maybe like underplayed?
0: Like, um. I mean, probably, like, um, I don't know, like, I feel like, I feel like probably a lot of her own internal things, like, because she was very open with the conflicts she had with Celia and with Mm -hmm. everyone else in her life, but I feel like with a lot of her own internal conflicts, she probably downplayed that quite a bit, because... She probably also definitely had, like, internalized, like, homophobia and stuff and things like that, but, like, and there is conflicts, but all the conflicts related to her sexuality were very, like, outward conflicts, like, other people having a problem with it. She never really talked about her own, and maybe it's because she didn't have them, I don't know, but it seems a little unrealistic considering, like, all the prejudice she would have been faced her entire life, like, and things she'd been taught. So I feel like a lot of her own internal conflicts that she had, she probably downplayed quite a bit. Because that's very personal, yeah, I feel that's like. True.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. I think, I, personally, I think the two things that she underplayed was how much, like, the press got to her. Because yeah. was something that I always noticed. So she'd be like, I never cared, like, what the press said. But then, like, she mentioned that. that
0: like, yeah but even that's like another like internal conflict almost a little bit like how she oh, felt oh yeah about for sure like
1: i completely agree with you yeah um, and then um another thing too her father like i was surprised like how True. little the beginning of her life was mentioned and obviously it made sense but like if we're talking about if anything got underplayed i think like how much her relationship yeah. with her father shaped her like other relationships as life went on like she it was never I think her father's mentioned like twice in the whole thing like in the beginning and then near the end and Mm -hmm. rightfully so he's a piece of trash but like it was really interesting because I always saw you know it's like a fact that um if you have uh your relationship with your father tends to very much reflect Oh, no, your relationship with, like, your romantic partners, a lot of the times, like, between men and women, like, tend to reflect, like, of the relationship that, like, a daughter had with their father sometimes or something like that. Don't quote me. But I definitely saw similarities a lot between, I find, it, you know, there was just always, like, Evelyn tended to feel most confident and attract the type of men that, um she ended up kind of being very similar to her father in the sense of like abusive and objectifying and I Mm -hmm. thought that was always like interesting because um she would never mention her father but it was always like that was something that I felt like he the father naturally kind of like influenced if that makes sense Yeah. yeah so those are my two things um Another thing I have is, on page 146, Monique says, I have to Evelyn Hugo, Evelyn Hugo. What does it mean to Evelyn Hugo? Can you think of a time when you
0: might be tempted to Evelyn Hugo? (laughs) I think when she said that, I think that just meant, she kind of just meant to like, I guess the best way I could like describe it would be like, kind of take what belongs to you. You know, Mm. like take what you think you deserve. Apologetically. Yeah. yeah no because yeah I, I don't know, that's what I got from that line when I read it
1: <laughs>
0: mm. like she's gonna take I what think she in wants the context and not apologize it for sense. it yeah mm-hmm. no, I agree with that
1: I, I think like I don't know because in the beginning of the book like the first time you read it obviously like it, that's obviously what it means but then finishing the book of somebody's like, what does it mean to Evelyn Hugo? I'm just like with well, so many things, <laughs>
0: like, yeah. because yeah.
1: we ended up learning so much about her and um, and whatnot. I'm trying to think like what I would think it means. Probably yeah, probably just be unapologetically like yourself and just be like, um, look out for your best interest for a, for a hot minute and be like, I don't regret doing that. Just so we're clear
0: yeah oh i you actually ever had to oh yeah oh you sorry go. no no you go okay
1: i was just gonna say like what is the scenario that you've had to evelyn Hugo? i don't
0: know <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like just like even like i don't even know like do you have one on the top of your head
1: um probably honestly I feel like you Evelyn Hugo anytime that like you're underestimated because of something like because of the fact you're a woman like even just something as simple as in class whenever the teachers would come and be like I need some big strong boys to lift this table for me I'd be like oh I gotta (laughs) Evelyn Hugo this bitch now like I gotta I gotta prove you know I'm gonna take this and like not be sorry for it you know I'll carry the table (laughs) like Stuff like that. Mm. What were you going to say?
0: I actually have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. They came from my own brain. So. Your own brain. Wow. Yeah. It's done it again. All that fancy, expensive college education is paying off. Um, <laughs> it's done it again. <laughs> You've outdone yourself, brain. Yeah. What um, do you... Because we never saw this in the book, obviously. But... What do you think, like, once, so Monique has this information to publish a book about Evelyn's life, right? That was the whole point, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think the general public's reaction to the book was, like, when this book came out? And the general public found out all the information, all the information that we found out. Like, what do you think happened? Mm, Good
1: question.
0: See, I told you my brain's done it again.
1: Told you. Yeah, wow. It's, the it's not a one trick pony. Look at that. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I think, I'm trying to think. Honestly, Evelyn's such a well written character, and I've talked to Lily about it a few times where it's like you can see so many. She's such a hybrid of like just in the way that she's treated and her career. It's so heavily inspired by like so many female other like real life film icons like I say that I see a lot of like Marilyn Monroe and Evelyn Hugo and then also like um uh like a lot of Marilyn Monroe and then a lot of like um even like Madonna almost like I don't even know but um I'm now thinking though right now if the reaction to Evelyn Hugo's book after it came out the most similar thing I could think of was I feel like the reaction would be similar to if like Britney Spears wrote a book. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Cause I'm um, like, in terms of con in, in terms of icon level and like the reasons for icon level, even though Evelyn was an actress and Britney Spears is a singer, I still kind of see similar similarities where it's like, these were two women that like got, really famous and then like the media kind of like screwed over time and time again (laughs) almost Mm -hmm. and so i think and then there's just such big like question marks about their life uh both of their lives like that's the whole fascination with evelyn hugo's book it's like i want to know like what really happened because if you think about it if i wonder if what a different reading experience it would be is if you read like Evelyn Hugo for the first time but you just read the news tabloids first because I'm like Um, what would your perspective of Evelyn as a character be that and that's how like and that's how the world was seeing Evelyn really through those newspaper articles Mm -hmm. and you think about like only knowing Evelyn through those newspaper articles that's not Evelyn Hugo at all (laughs) like it's those yeah. are like 10 pages out of the 400 page book and so for sure i don't think they would react the way that
0: we would react i think i think people i think people there were i think my my thoughts is there would be so many people especially like older people big like, i knew i knew there was something with her i knew there was something with her you know Yeah, they would take that information.
1: I feel like Evelyn really would have been embraced by the younger generation, but ironically cast out by the generation that she was famous amongst first.
0: Yeah, and I also think that she um, would have really, like, I don't know. I think a lot of people would have pretended that they knew the whole time. They'd be like, I knew it. I knew she. I knew she. Like know. People would get, like, like old. No, no, here's what would happen. There'd be some, Mm. like, grandma talking to her granddaughter and being like, I knew it. I knew she was a lesbian. And then her granddaughter, their granddaughter be like, she wasn't a lesbian. And they'd be like, well, see, it's the same thing. I still knew it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. People (laughs) would get, like, old newspaper articles of like Celia, of like Celia and Evelyn and be like see it was just so obvious like how could you not know like <laughs> hmm. and it, it,
0: it gives me same old.
1: vibes it's like you know what it's like it's like Freddie Mercury they didn't yeah. find out he was gay until after he died from AIDS yeah it's like, how do people react to that? <laughs> like, you know, except it'd be different because it's a woman. And so, I guess, again, I don't know how much of a difference that would make. But I think, like, similar vibe a little bit. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that I was have... similar
0: it was Icon. Yeah. Yeah. I have one more question for you. Oh, uh, yes. Again, for my own brain. Mm-hmm. Copyright I wonder... do you think, because at the end of the story Monique decides not to tell her mom that her dad was gay and cheating on her, you know do you think, because she really struggled with the idea because it's either, you know, tell because it's either the mom is going to know that, you know, the love of her life was cheating on her with a man or she has to spend the rest of her life thinking that the man she loved killed someone in a car accident so do you think Monique made the right call in letting her think I don't continue know. thinking?
1: I think, I think she made the right call in the sense of I'm not going to decide right now. Yeah. But something I do think is interesting that I do want to talk about is reading the few last pages where she's like, "Hold on, I'm going to get it up because I feel like it's important to get this right." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Please." Mm-hmm. Maybe, oh, here we go. Maybe one day I will tell her what I know. Maybe I never will. Maybe I'll put it in Evelyn's biography, or perhaps I'll tell Evelyn's side of it without ever revealing who was sitting in the passenger seat of the car. Maybe I'll leave that part out completely. I think I'd be willing to lie about Evelyn's life to protect my mother. I think I'd be willing to admit the truth from public knowledge in the interest of the happiness and sanity of a person I love dearly. Two things here. Number one, incredibly ironic because that's exactly what Evelyn did to Monique's mm-hmm. dad being like, I'll do anything to protect the ones I love. And then here's Monique exactly. being like, if you did that and then she did the same thing. But then I thought exactly. maybe the better question reading this, I was like, maybe the better question is to ask, how reliable of a source is Monique? Like how much could we really trust Monique mm-hmm. with Evelyn's life story? And so something I always wondered was like, um, obviously she tells the story. We know what happened to Monique's father, but I'm like, I wonder if like in this fictional universe, Monique like changed the names or anything and doesn't like, maybe her mother read it. So her mother would read it and be like, oh, I don't know what happened to you. But um I don't know, like, yeah, I really don't. <laughs> I don't think, I was left with the impression that she didn't want to tell her like ever when the book finished because, you know, she asked her mom about um her dad and the way that her mom spoke she talked about like how much she loved being married to her dad and how much she loved her dad and she was going like mm-hmm. it was never about like the sex or the passion but it didn't seem like she was saying it in a way that it's like she knew that it wasn't about that because he was gay or bi or like liked a man or was in love with a man um and so I think, I think oh yeah
0: and I personally. So I was just
1: gonna oh, yes, go. <laughs> Sorry. I was just going to say that I think, like, she didn't. I, I was left with the impression she was never going to tell her because she
0: didn't want to burst this bubble. Because I wasn't left with the impression that the mom knew that she. <laughs> mom would... didn't. Yeah. And that's the thing because she knew that Monique didn't want to tell her mom that, you know, her dad didn't actually kill someone in an accident because she didn't you know, want to tell her about the affair, because that would obviously involve telling him- her about the affair. And I don't know, like, that didn't sit right with me, that logic, because personally for me I would rather- I would rather know that somebody I loved was not straight than that they are responsible for another person's death. I mean, when you put it
1: like that, all I agree. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> because yeah, when you, you put know, it like and, that, I think the mom like would always, cause you know, if one of my family members killed someone, whether it was like in an accident or something or what, like I feel like I would always feel like a level of guilt towards that. Kill anybody? Like I? Mean, the, the but that's what it was set was. up. But that's what it was set up. Evelyn set up to look like right that he was driving. And crashed the car, and accident. then he, well, he killed him not only himself but also. Harry died in that accident too. But they didn't know that Harry was in the car. Yeah, oh, that's right. Um, but I still because what they thought. Sorry, I had it wrong. But I sorry, I would still rather know that you know he was gay or in love with a man. I guess then knowing that cuz he didn't just die in a car accident it was like it was a drunk driving accident that's what monique said at the beginning that her father died in a drunk driving accident but he was never he he, he never drove drunk and i feel like i would rather know that as that maybe that's just me but i would rather know that <laughs> i feel like that no was-
1: i definitely think it did bring you know i think i see what you're saying because it brought a lot of closure to Monique even like we saw it bring that information bring closure to it, Monique yeah. it's like, I'm like why oh this like from question your mom? mark exactly where Monique even Monique even though as much as she hated to hear the news she was still we watched her internal dialogue be like well that makes sense why that massive question mark on like why did he drink so much that night makes sense because he didn't drink because he, he wasn't didn't. a drinker yeah well, but and also,
0: uh, I don't know and also then Monique also had that letter or that note that her father wrote about how much yeah. she loved, loved them and loved their family. And I'm like, why would that be something you want to withhold from your mom?
1: Personally, I think... I would hope that one day she gave it to the mother.
0: But at the time that the novel ended... Yeah, at the time the novel ended, it made sense. But, yeah.
1: But it's interesting <laughs> how we never find out. Because technically, theoretically, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is written by Monique. So it's like... The way that she ended the novel like that, obviously, it happened months after the event. She wrote that novel months after the event and actually getting that information, like, by the time she was finished editing it. So it's like, she probably theoretically knew what she did already. Like, she probably already decided whether or not she still had or hadn't given her the letter and stuff. So, I don't know. I think maybe it was just... In the fictional aspect of things, Monique was more like, this isn't about me, this is about Evelyn, so I'm not going to put in what I did, because I don't want people to be like, oh, and let's talk about her decision, as this way it's more like, yeah. well, that's not, I we don't really know.
0: She, Yeah. I understand why she didn't put it in the book, but I always did wonder, I'm like, I wonder if she ever did decide to mm-hmm. tell her mom the truth, right? right? But I guess we'll never know. So
1: I guess we'll never know. Uh, Last question quickly. Okay. What A huge moral dilemma in the last book was Monique was like, do I go back for Evelyn? Do I not? Because she Mm. had an idea that Evelyn was going to kill herself. What would you have done? Would you have called (laughs) 911? Would you have just left it? Or would you have like, what would you do in that situation? Do you
0: think? I think that... I think that getting Evelyn, calling the ambulance for Evelyn would have taken away any level of trust Mm. that had ever been formed. And I think that, I think her, Evelyn's reasons for wanting to die on her own terms made sense. Mm. And I think her wanting to die in, I feel like it would have been cruel a little bit to call the ambulance because, you know, because of how famous she is. And she's kind of just come into the spotlight a little bit because, yeah, again, because of the dress auction. Um, so more people are talking about her again and kind of remembering she exists. And I think her whole life had been so public and she told just you know kind of talked about how that damaged her how public her life had been i think because she would have died anyway she was already dying and she didn't want anyone to know she had cancer so i think giving her the opportunity to die privately was almost like the best gift she could have given her instead of forcing her to die in the spotlight again you know
1: that's true Especially when you look at how much like Evelyn didn't want to do like the cover or do like a yeah. a magazine like she didn't want to be in the spotlight in those final months of her, her life. Yeah.
0: What would you have done?
1: I'm trying to think, like, because it's a bit of a morally gray area, isn't it? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm unironically, because that's, like, the whole thing. One of Evelyn's last speeches is, we're not good and bad, we're all a little bit grey. Like, I'm just, like, aware of it. (laughs) That's, like, one of her biggest, you know, morals. Oh. But I think it would have been very easy to play dumb than to call an ambulance. Do you hear me? Like, to be, like, Because there was really no evidence, like, (laughs) concrete Mm -hmm. evidence that she was going to kill herself. (laughs) And so you could have very easily left that situation and been able to still sleep at night and been, like, convinced yourself, like,
0: well, you didn't know, like, even if you did. I think it's such a hard thing because I think, like, you don't want, you don't want her death to be on your hands, but at the same time, it also s- wouldn't have been on your hands. Cause... Exactly. I think that was, like,
1: Monique's entire, like, dilemma. She was like, well, if I don't do anything, does this mean, like, I killed Evelyn? But then she realized, like, by the end, she was like, it's
0: not my fault, well, and it's also, not my choice. Yeah. Also, Monique, also, the whole point of the beginning of the novel was Monique obviously really supported, like, assisted suicide, and obviously this was a very different thing than assisted suicide. However, I think she did believe in the fact that someone should die how they were comfortable. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, because that, so that whole like article
1: that. came back at the end, which I really loved, where it was, like...
0: yeah. And then,
1: yeah, and that's why Evelyn wanted her to write the book, isn't it?
0: Like, she read the well, article and was like, yeah. Well, that's not why she wanted her to write the book, but, like, I think that that's no, how that she No, was. Knew. No, because was. she wanted her to write the book so that she could, you know, get a lot of the money. Almost, right? Like, as an apology a little bit. Um, but she also, like, I think it wasn't more like i want you to write the book because of it but almost like i can trust you and know that you'll be okay with me doing this because mm-hmm. of the article yeah but yeah mm-hmm. so complex it's a very complex story very
1: complex characters complex mm-hmm. story um i think the vibe like yeah, I am interested to see if this gets made into like a, a adaptation one day because it It'd it be would cool either be one. so great or so horrible. <laughs> yeah, no in between. It's one of those. True. But the like it gives me kind of like Queen's Gambit vibes a little bit. Mhm. Yeah, um, but yeah, cool, so
0: cool Netflix miniseries idea.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, but. I think it's not a Netflix mini series, it's going to be like Hulu or something, written by the people that made like, pre- I don't know, so, something, um, <laughs> you can look it up, but anyways, yeah, that's all the time we really, we went a little bit over time today actually, but that's pretty much all the time we have today, uh, but um, thank you so much for listening uh, we I, th- I feel like we covered as many bases as we could with the time that we had about this book like like we said it's such a complex story you can't feel like, you need like a four hour podcast episode to go through everything but mm. you know we don't have the storage for that so this will have to do um, <laughs> yes thank you so much for listening and yeah, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for one of our rare book reviews. (laughs) Bye. Bye.